Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to episode 307 of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And here at the Unpopular Podcast, I'm not really asking you to agree with me. I'm asking you to just hear me out. So, the conference championships are here. They will be, of course, going on tomorrow, Sunday. Uh, And I am here to give my picks. I'm here to give why I pick one team or why I pick another team. So, Let's start off with the NFC. You have the Eagles and you have the 49ers. To me, these are the mo- this these are the most complete teams not only in the NFC, but the most complete teams in the NFL. When you look at, you know, the Eagles, they can beat you in so many ways. A lot of that actually is due to the play by Jalen Hurts. Um you know his 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 ability to run the ball clearly his ability to throw the ball his ability to see defenses it's just think about this man jalen hurts was benched in at alabama for tua went to oklahoma didn't win in oklahoma but that was mostly because oklahoma's defense wasn't wasn't really that good uh, we know about you know big big 12 defenses but who would have thought that Jalen Hurts would have went from the player that got benched at Alabama for Tua in the national championship, by the way, to come and to 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 get to this point where he has been arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the league? I I surely didn't see it happening. In fact, I was one person on on record saying, "Yo." Jalen Hurts has to show me more. I have not, you know, especially, again, I, I talked about this on the podcast a bunch of times. I couldn't get out of my head the vision of when they played Tampa a couple years ago, maybe two years ago, and Tampa said, yo, we are going to stop the run. You're going to have to beat us throwing the ball, and the Eagles just look putrid. But... That is then. This is now, and and the Eagles again. They there's so <laughs> there's so many levels to this Eagles team. When when we, again when we talk about Jalen Hurts, we talk about the run game and Miles Sanders. We talk about the incredible weapons that he has on the outside, whether it's Devontae Smith or or AJ Brown or Dallas Goddard. When you talk about the offensive line, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, when you talk about the defense of Fletcher Cox, when you talk about the or defensive line Fletcher Cox, when you talk about, you know, Hassan Riddick, when you talk about Darius Slate, like they have so many pieces and they can beat you in so many ways. They are they have played outside of a couple games. They've played the best they you can you can kind of argue that they have been one of the teams to play the best brand of football there is. And the other team of course is the 49ers. Now, I and I'm going to talk about this in a second, but I think that the AFC side, of course talking about the Chiefs and the Bengals, they're more centered around their quarterbacks and how their quarterbacks do kind and how their quarterbacks will fare kind of dictates how the game will go in my opinion and of course we'll talk about this more in a second but for the nfc because both of these teams are so equally matched i think that is going to be this is this 
there's something that we're whether it's going to be the passing game, the running game, the defense. I don't think that it's solely based on the quarterback in in as far as winning this game. Uh, when we talk about the 49ers, Brock Purdy, we t- of course, Mr. Irrelevant, last pick in the draft. People keep we keep waiting for him to come down to earth. We keep waiting for him to to look like the rookie that he is. We keep waiting for him to be the reason that this 49ers team doesn't win. And he just hasn't he hasn't shown that. Now, yes, there were a couple instances against the Cowboys where he looked like a rookie. Uh, some there was some bad reads. He 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 kind of fought, fell into some bad habits, whether it's scrambling backwards or or throwing into tight windows when you cut it, you had an easy pass over there. Now, of course, it didn't that didn't come back to bite them because they beat the Cowboys, but that kind of also goes into exactly how good this 49ers team is. I mean, again. Kind of like the Eagles, you can argue that the 49ers is the best unit in football, whether we talk about uh, Debo Samuels, whether we talk about Christian McCaffrey, whether we talk about the offensive line that's really good, whether we talk about the defense and Nick Bosa and Fred Warner and Ward. And again, kind of like the Eagles, there is not really the, the weak. There's not really a weakness in this 49ers team outside of possibly the quarterback for the for the Eagles. The weakness probably is their run defense, uh, but they have been their their defense has been good for the last few years, last few weeks. So, or their run defense, I should say, has been good for the last few weeks. So the question is, who do I have winning this game, the NFC Championship? Uh, again, this game is going to go down, or going to going to come down to which team can assert their dominance more in areas that the other team might not be able to. Meaning, I think the 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 theme of this game is going to be the the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line against the 49ers defensive line. And the 49ers defense, when you have so many great weapons on both sides, it's the you have to win the line of scrimmage. The line of scrimmage is, is what's going to do it. You have certified Hall of Famers all over the field, or future Hall of Famers all over the field, and I think it's going to be the the littlest things that that are, when when you have teams this evenly matched, in my opinion, it's the little things. Um, it, it's. <laughs> The little things that determine between winning and losing. Um, I will say this. I don't expect this to be a high-scoring game. I understand what we saw from the Eagles and against the, the Dallas. I mean, no, against the Cowboys. No, the, <laughs> against the Giants and what we saw from the 49ers against the Cowboys. But the Cowboys and the Giants are inferior teams at this point to the Eagles and and the 49ers and I think that you're going it's going to be a low scoring game it's going to be a low scoring game I'm not I I think that there's the the defenses are going to shine more for both teams because you have a fast both teams are fast defenses it's it's very tough picking this picking this uh game because of how evenly matched there are I will say this though I said it's not going to come down to quarterback play, but I do believe that Jalen Hurts is better than Brock Purdy, even when if they're both playing their best. 
and I think that while the AFC might might lean more towards quarterback, I think that I don't think the quarterback can win them the game as far as the in the NFC, but I think that they can they can lose it for them. And I don't I sound I sound kind of crazy right now. <laughs> um to me this is the ultimate pick'em game. Uh cuz both teams are are um very equal in 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 most aspects. In fact, I'll say this. Before I give my picks, I told I told you how each team could win. Let me tell you how each team could lose. Let's start with the 49ers. Again, it goes back to Brock Purdy and Brock Purdy continues to he he continues to play better than expected. Let me say that. But he also has moments, as we saw in the Cowboys game, where you know Trayvon Diggs, if he would have caught the ball, he, there, there's moments where you he can. It's kind of like what Jimmy G used to do, just not just not as much. Jimmy G, the, the the thing about Jimmy G is he'll always give you one. He'll always give you one or two that you have an opportunity to get, whether that's interception, whether that's a fumble. Uh, and Brock Purdy, at least we've seen for the last two weeks, has shown he'll give you one or two. It's just, are you going to take it? I feel that if the Cowboys would have capitalized on some of those interception possibilities, you never know. So I think that, you know, again, he's still a rookie. And there are, there have been moments when he looked like a rookie. Now, those moments have been few and far between at this point. But you don't know. I don't the, the, with this team being so stacked, oh, not to mention the injuries. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, he's hurt as well. Like, he's dealing with a calf injury. So, I mean, you still have George Kittle. You still have Debo Samuels. But, again, it, it's – it's if, if, if Brock Purdy plays anything like he did against the Cowboys in, in certain moments, yeah, no, that they're, they're going to lose. <laughs> and for the Eagles, again, it goes back to their run defense. Their run defense has kind of been – the the their their thorn on their side this entire year, uh, and now you're going against a team that has, like I said, a Christian McCaffrey. Whether he's healthy or not, you still he's still playing. But and has a Debo Samuel. And this running game is in this this running. I mean, Brock Purdy can even put the ball on the ground, or can even run the ball. I, I their run defense can be a problem. We can't. Even though they did look really good against the the Giants, however, the Giants' offensive line is trash. I mean, come on now. So who who am I picking? I think I'm gonna mm, I'm gonna go with the Eagles. I'm gonna go with the Eagles because I just. I understand that, you know, the 49ers is definitely not the Cowboys. I mean, not the Giants, but the Eagles have been, I mean, they they have one loss or two losses this year or something like that. Actually, they have one loss with Jalen Hurts as their starting quarterback, I believe. And I think is again, I think it's going to be a lot closer than, than a lot of people think. Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to say 21 to 17. I think it's going to be a defensive bout. I think it's going to be, um, I think it's just going to be the, the, the best, the, a slug fest and, and, and 
that kind of bodes well for the for the 49ers. However, I'm I'm I, I trust Jalen Hurts more at this point. So I have the Eagles beating the San Francisco 49ers 21 to 17. And on the other side, the AFC side, again, I, I told you that it's this is going to be more of a quarterback game. I'm not in that, no disrespect to the Chiefs, no disrespect to the Bengals. I mean, we know the weapons that the Bengals have. We know how good the Chiefs have been. I mean, hell, this is the fifth consecutive time the Chiefs have been hosting the AFC championship. Um, but again, it goes back to that injury. I talked about it last episode. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, I mean, he's going to win MVP this year. Patrick Mahomes has been the best and is the best quarterback in the league. I mean, that you can argue, you really, I mean, you can't really argue it. The 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 weapons that he had, or the the weapons at his disposal, as far as his innate talents, his his the way he throws the ball, his timing. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. And when you have the best quarterback in the league, you always have a shot. You are able to make people like Juju Smith-Schuster, like like Valdez Scantley. Uh, you're, you're able to make them look better than they possibly are just because of how good you are. McCole Harmon. Uh, because think about it. McCole Harmon wouldn't start if he played with the Bengals. In that offensive, in that those offensive wide receivers, Juju Smith Schuster wouldn't start if he played for the Bengals. Uh, Mark Mark Valdez Scantley would not start if he played. The only outside catching option that would start for the Bengals would be Travis Kelsey. So that just shows the greatness that is Patrick Mahomes. Now. Again, it goes back to the injury, though. What I, one thing I did like and that I saw once Patrick Mahomes got hurt against the – who did they just play? Against the Jaguars is it kind of they – they had to emphasize and enhance the running game, and the running game looked better. Now, the, the thing that kind of – killed them last year against the Ford or against the Bengals was the fact of you get up to a big lead. In fact, almost they played the Bengals three times and every single time they've had a lead or a big lead going either into the fourth quarter or going into the second half. When you have when the Bengals have the weapons that they have, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, uh Tyler Board, Hayden Hurst, you have to you cannot let up. Because of how good Joe Burrow is, because of how good those, because of how good Zach Taylor has been, especially offensively, you cannot let up. And I feel like that's that's one, that's one way that the Bing, the uh, the Chiefs could lose is they tend to turn off the, you know how they have to flip the switch. Like we talk about Golden State flipping the switch and and some of the great teams flipping the switch. It feels like they flip, they turn the switch off m- mid game. It's like mid-game, it's like, all right, we, we're already up 21 or we're already up. Let's just coast. And no, that doesn't work, especially in the AFC Championship, especially in the playoffs, especially against a team like the Bengals that don't that don't quit. Uh, so the one way that the 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 one way that the Chiefs can win, of course, is Patrick Mahomes. And he's able to get the best out of 
you know, Travis Kelsey and get the best out of his wide receivers. And also because Patrick Mahomes would be so great, you can lean on the running game a little bit more because they're so worried about the passing game. The problem is, and the way that they could lose, of course, is that injury. We, I mean, a high ankle sprain usually takes four to six weeks to heal. I'm not a doctor, but that's what everyone says. <laughs> and he's coming off eight days, and he's practicing, by the way. So I don't know what the hell they're putting in the Kansas City drinks, but a, a, a Patrick Mahomes that's not 100% definitely scares me, especially in the AFC Championship. Also, whether they can lose, can lose is their defense. We've been talking about this for a while now. Their defense has been a huge hindrance to them. Uh, maybe not their running defense because you have a Chris Jones and those big boys in the on, on the de- defensive line, but the secondary man, their secondary gives up so many plays and they've been good. I mean, they were good against the Jaguars, but. No no disrespect to the Jaguars, but the Jaguars are not the Cincinnati Bengals. Those The wide receivers that the Chiefs had to worry about for the Jaguars are most definitely not the wide receivers they have to worry about with the Bengals. Um, but, again, their defense has kind of been like that. For, I mean, you had to give up Ward. You had to give up Tyron Matthew. Their their defense has been like that for a minute, and like I just stated, they have. They're, this is the fifth year they're hosting the AFC Championship, so they can win because you have the best quarterback in the league in Patrick Mahomes, and they can lose because that defense and Patrick Mahomes' injury. We don't know how limited he's going to be because Patrick Mahomes is very twitchy. He's he's not a Lamar Jackson clearly, but he's 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 constantly moving. Uh, and constantly surveying. So how is his mobility going to be hindered with that injury? We're just going to have to see. For the Bengals, I mean, <laughs> they have been, for like the last two months, they've probably been one of, if not the best team in the AFC. Uh, with the consistency that they've had in Joe Burrow and and the run game, it's it's been it's been again remember how bad this team looked coming into the year that's one of the biggest reasons why i said that they would not make the playoffs i mean you have the super bowl hangover especially being the losing team i just didn't i didn't have faith in them however i clearly was wrong joe burrow has 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 in my opinion kind of rose up to be the second or third i'll say second best quarterback in the league uh and that's why I said that this matchup is going to be the battle of the quarterbacks because you have, in my opinion, the best two quarterbacks in the league. Uh, and one quarterback has weapons galore. The other one makes the weapons better around them. And I'm not – that's no shot of Joe Burrow. But when you – it's – yes, Joe Burrow makes people better. But, I mean, you have all worldwide receivers on your team. And you have – an all-world running back on or running back on your team. So, one way that the the Bengals can win is they just they 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 feast on the Chiefs secondary. Again, Jamar Chase gets open and and find ways to get him open. Find ways to get T Higgins. T Higgins is like the ultimate with his size and his strength and his height. He's like the ultimate cheat code. He's like. <laughs> He's like the ultimate uh, creative player when we talk about 
wide receiver. Tyler Boyd, he's able to hit big, big shots. Then you have uh, Joe Mixon, who's more of a fast, twitchy run, running back. And you have Samaj P. Ryan, who is more of a physical, you know, north to south running back. Then you have Hayden Hurst. You know, they just, if they're, they, they will have their opportunities to feast on that secondary that is the Chiefs. And one way that they can lose is, I mean, they, even though the Chiefs, I mean, even though the Bengals looked really good against the, the, the Bills, they're still missing, what, three, two or three of their five starting offensive linemen. And while they looked good against the Bills, the Chiefs have a better pass rush than the Bills. And the question is, are they is this offensive line going to be able to hold up against a Chris Jones and hold up against this ferocious Kansas City Chiefs def, uh, defense when and and will Joe Burrow have enough time to get the ball out? Uh, as we saw the first time or last year in the AFC championship, especially the first half, it was a struggle. It was a struggle, which is one of the biggest reasons why the Chiefs got up to like a, like a 21 or 17 point lead. Uh, they, they did blow it. Yes, but still. So who do I have in this? I've been going back and forth because of the, the Patrick Mahomes injury. Um, they they're saying that he's looking good but again every medical person is saying a high ankle sprain takes 4 to 6 weeks to heal last time i checked they played last week so mm, i'm going to go with the chiefs though i'm going to go with the chiefs because i mean patrick mahomes is is practicing and he, he said he's getting better he's, you know and i feel that the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line is going to struggle more with this Kansas City Chiefs pass rush than they did with the Bills. Uh, that's one of the biggest reasons why Von Miller was brought to the Bills team. Uh, he wasn't there, and as you saw, they they kind of did whatever they want with the Bills. I don't think that's the case for the Chiefs. I have the Chiefs winning, I'm going to say, 31 to 27. Uh yeah, thirty-one to twenty-seven. I just, I think, I think that this is going to be a quarterback game, and and I have, I, I'm still going to go down. I'm going to go with the best quarterback in the league, and Patrick Mahomes. And that's no offense to the Bengals, but because the Bengals definitely deserve to be here, I just have Patrick Mahomes. So I have the Kansas. My Super Bowl is Kansas City and the Eagles. So we'll see where that goes from there. Uh, let me know what you guys think. Let me know who you have winning. And, you know, let me know. Let's move forward. Um, you know what desperate teams do? No, you know, I'm not going to say desperate. You know what teams do that maybe haven't seen a level of success for a minute? And now that they have a taste of it, what they do is they go for home runs because they're so scared of missing this window. They're so scared of going back to relevancy that they go for home runs. 
not many of them work. Not many home runs land. The New York Jets have been the New York Jets for a while. They haven't really been good since, what, Mark Sanchez? Uh, and they hired Nathaniel Hackett as their offensive coordinator. Nathaniel Hackett, the same Nathaniel Hackett that was just the head coach for the Denver Broncos that looked horrible. They hired Nathaniel Hackett because of his ties to Aaron Rodgers, and they're hoping to land Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to talk about Aaron Rodgers a little bit later in the show, but or in the episode, but uh, this is the definition of a home run. I mean, no, of a uh, of a Hail Mary. You see, let's what they did was they just completely bypassed what we saw from Nathaniel Hackett and the Broncos, which, by the way, let me remind you guys, if you forgot. Nathaniel Hackett is supposed to be an offensive guy. He's supposed to be an offensive guy, meaning if you're a head coach, you can be a bad head coach. Cool. But if you're something, whatever that something is should look good. For instance, and I'm not saying Robert Sala is a bad coach, but Robert Sala is a defensive guy. When we look at the New York Jets, what is their strength? Their defense. Mike Tomlin is a defensive guy. When we look at the Steelers, what is their strength? Defense. Kyle Shanahan, offensive guy. When we look at, well, yes, his, his the the 49ers defense is is incredible. But when we look at the offense, the offense doesn't look like anything we've seen. Sean McVay, offensive guy. Their offense has looked great outside of this year, but you, we can also chalk that up to maybe injury. What I'm saying is this. When you're a something guy, your something is supposed to look good. Nathaniel Hackett is known as a d- offensive guy offensive guy yet the the Denver Broncos offense was one of if not the worst offense in the league last year so that's not to mention let's go back the the reason why Nathaniel Hackett got this job is because of his ties to Green Bay and his ties to Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers said he likes Nathaniel Hackett like he's his friend he never said anything about he's a great offensive coordinator in fact, there's a lot of questions about <laughs> about the coaching staff and the of the Green Bay Packers in the first place. What the Jets did is they went for a Hail Mary because they think that because you have Nathaniel Hackett and you see what's going on with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, they think that his ties to Nathaniel Hackett's ties to Aaron Rodgers will get Aaron Rodgers to a New York Jets in a New York Jets uniform. Let me tell you something, bro. It could work. It could work. I have absolutely no idea what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. I'll talk about that in a second, but it could work. But what if it doesn't? Now you have Nathaniel Hackett, who was supposed to be an offensive guy, but his offense has looked terrible. Now, yes, I understand, and I've said this time and time again on this p- 
podcast. There's a difference between a head coach and off in the coordinator. Some people are better coordinators than coaches. And some people are better coaches than coordinators. The problem is Nathaniel Hackett has been both. And while you can um you can if you want to, you can attach Green Bay's offensive efficiencies to Nathaniel Hackett if you would like. Or you can attach it to you have Matt LaFleur. You or yeah, you you have Aaron Rodgers. It's kinda of like the LeBron James effect. You don't know if you're a good coach until you don't coach LeBron James. That's why Ty Lue is a really good coach. When's the last time you've heard of David Blatt? David Blatt, by the way, who went to an NBA Finals. What I'm saying is this, man. They went for a Hail Mary. If they get the big fish, which is Aaron Rodgers, then kudos. But if they don't, then you have made a very poor mistake. Because, I mean, if you want to go offense, I mean, you still have Eric Bieniemy. You there's, there's multiple people that you could use. Nathaniel Hackett, to me, is not a good coach at all. And I was thinking maybe he's just a better offensive coordinator, but again, when you have Aaron Rodgers, do you see how bad that the Green Bay Packers looked? And 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 honestly, it wasn't because their offensive scheme; it was because Aaron Rodgers and at least offensively, Aaron Rodgers and the and the wide receivers just didn't have a rapport, and the wide receivers were young. To see how they looked towards the end of the season, I. Christian Watson. I don't think Nathaniel Hackett deserves that job, but maybe I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, as you guys clearly know, I will come in here and say that I'm wrong. But I just don't believe that I am. Now, if you land Aaron Rodgers, then you hit the then then the hail mary has worked because Aaron Rodgers would be drastically better than Zach Wilson and Mike White. So, we'll see. Speaking of uh, head coaches and speaking of coaching, Frank Wright got the head coaching job uh, for the Panthers. Um, now, it was previously Steve Wilkes. And let me first say about Steve Wilkes. I feel terrible for Steve Wilkes. Because Steve Wilkes, in my opinion, has never had a fair shot at being a head coach. Um, I mean, you you go back to 2018, the Arizona Cardinals as a head coach. The Arizona Cardinals drafted Josh McCown. In fact, let me see something real quick. Air, let me see something real quick. 2018. NFL draft. They drafted Josh McCown. They drafted Josh McCown or Josh Rosen, I'm sorry, at 10th. Right. Let me just tell you a couple people that went after 
Josh Rosen. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. Tremaine Edmonds. Derwin James. Zaire Alexander. Vander Esch. DJ Moore. Hayden Hurst. Calvin Ridley. Rashad Penny. Terrell Edmonds. Lamar Jackson. Um, Nick Chubb. Shaq Leonard. Cortland Sutton. Mike Kazeki. Christian Kirk. Dallas Goddard. DJ Chalk. Needless to say, he's drafted Josh Rosen. And, and you also had Lamar Jackson on the board. So then, how do you expect a coach to succeed when you have Josh Rosen as your quarterback? But he was out one year after Arizona. Then, then, oh boy, you go, you are the interim head coach for the Carolina Panthers. And you do a lot better than expected. I mean, you have three quarterbacks as your starting quarterback this season. You have P.J. Washington. You have Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. And you play better than expected. Your defense is still good. You play a lot. And the the, the, the team likes Steve, Steve Wilkes. Now, I understand that the big fish, the big fish in the coaching pool this year in this offseason is Sean Payton. And a lot of people are waiting to figure out what they're going to do until, you know, once Sean Payton makes a decision. I guess the Carolina Panthers realized that Sean Payton wasn't going to them, so they hire Frank Reich. But Steve Wilkes has proven to be a good head coach. Again, but you, all people want to look at his record 9 and 19. But again, when you're starting quarterbacks as a coach, is Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, and P.J. Wash or Walker, P.J. Walker, what do you expect? How do you expect to win? It kind of goes back to David Culley. It kind of goes back to uh, Lovey Smith. When you are not, when you go to a gunfight, right? And you're given a faulty gun and your opponent is given a bazooka. What are you supposed to do? It just, it feels like opportunities are few and far, but black coaches are putting unwinnable situations and expected to make diamonds. Again, people look at Mike Tomlin and that is not... Mike Tomlin is a great coach. Don't get me wrong. But what he inherited is nothing like any other black coach has inherited outside of maybe Tony Dungy and the Colts. Because he had, you know, 
Peyton Manning. And the thing about Frank Reich, because people want to say that Frank Reich's a better coach. You know, you look at his his regular season, you look at his career head coaching record, he's 41, 35, and 1. So, of course, you're going to look at that and look at Steve Wilkes' record and say, well, he's 19 and 9. Or 9 and 19, I'm sorry. But let's remember something. Frank Reich has been the head coach for the Indianapolis Colts since 2018 to 2022. In that span, he has had... He's had, let me see, actually, I have a list right here. He's had Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett, Brian Hoyer, Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, Sam Elliger. No, Matt Ryan. Let me ask you, who do you think has had a better quarterback run? Sam, Steve Wilkes, who's had Josh Rosen, P.J. Walker, Baker Mayfield, and Sam Darnold, or Frank Reich, who's had Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett, Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan. Let me also remind you that what have we been saying about the Indianapolis Colts since Andrew Luck retired. They are a quarterback away from being a championship caliber team, meaning that they have multiple things that work outside of the quarterback. Their defense has been good. Their running game has been good. Their offensive line has been okay. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is this. Frank Wright has had every opportunity to succeed. And he hasn't. People want to say, oh, he's a good coach. Remember what he did with the Eagles as a coordinator. Remember, you know, what he's done. Look at his look at his record. 41, 41, 35 and one. Yeah, in the postseason, he's one and two. The team that is one quarterback away is one and two in the the coach that is one quarterback away is one and two in the postseason. What I'm saying is this. I understand I'm not saying Frank Wright's a bad coach. I'm not saying that. I know it may sound like it, but I'm not saying Frank Reich is a bad coach. What I'm saying is this. Frank Wright has had more opportunities to succeed and hasn't. Steve Wilkes has had very little opportunity to succeed. And he's done better than he was supposed to with the pieces that he's had. He's been given. Yet and still, Frank Reich gets the gets a job over Steve Wilkes, who did a very good job as an interim head coach. And that it happens time and time and time and time again. Let me remind you, 
before before we move on. Now this is of course a different team, but you wonder why you wonder you want an example of how tough it is for black people to get a head coach in the NFL. Steve Wilkes, right? He's only been able to he's only he's been in the league as a coach. In the NFL, let me see. Since 2006. And only been a head coach for two pretty much 2 years. And each year he was dealt in impossible cars to succeed and he's done a better job than he was supposed to but you want to know the prime example of how tough it is for a black person to get a head coaching job in the NFL you remember when uh, the Texans were upset that they couldn't hire Josh McCown and like Josh McCown's only Coaching experience was like a flag football league or something. A kid's flag football league or a kid's high school assistant. He wasn't even a head coach. He was like the assistant for a high school team. Hmm. Or, and I like, I love Jeff, Jeff Saturday, but you bring Jeff Saturday who was working at ESPN and you bring him to be an interim head coach for the Colts. Wins the first game, loses every other game badly too. Yet, people like D'Amico Ryan, people like Steve Wilkes, people like, I don't know, Lovey Smith, people like David Cully, people like Eric Bieniemy, can't, keep a head coaching job let alone get one so good luck Frank Reich good luck um I don't really think I want to sit and talk well I don't know if I really want to sit and discuss Aaron Rodgers too much uh, I mean, at the end of the day, when we talk about Aaron Rodgers, there's, there's, I will say this. Let's talk about this. Aaron Rodgers, uh, he has some decisions. Well, he and the Packers have some decisions to make. Of course, for Aaron Rodgers, does he want to play? Is he committed and still playing? Does he want to play for Green Bay? And for the Green Bay Packers, do they really want Aaron? I don't think Aaron. I don't think Green Bay wants Aaron Rodgers as a starting quarterback anymore, just because of the baggage and the the mental games that Aaron Rodgers puts the team through. But you also understand you have Jordan Love, who isn't really that good. And Aaron Rodgers, I mean, you just signed him to like a three-year deal. Now, of course, you can trade him, but it's that's a lot of money to trade him. So the question is, you know, where's the best fit for Aaron Rodgers? Now, if we look, if we talk about just weapons, I don't see why you know Green Bay 
couldn't be an option. I don't see why. Um, in fact, the question is, what does Aaron Rodgers need to succeed? He needs a wide receiver that he trusts. He needs weapons, and he needs a good offensive line. Now, you could say the Raiders. You know, you have Devontae Adams. You have uh, Hunter Hunter Renfro. You have Josh Jacobs. You have um, the tight end. Why is his name slipping my mind? Um, but they have a terrible offensive line. And they have a terrible defense. You could say the the Jets. They have, you know, Garrett Wilson. They have uh, an incredible defense. They have a defensive head coach. They have Nathaniel Hackett now. But honestly, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. And I know I'm not bringing the energy to this situation or the, the, the but I don't know. The great mystery that is Aaron Rodgers. What I don't know. I th- I I could see him going to the Raiders. I can see him going to the the Giant, not Giants. Um, Jets. I can see him staying in Green Bay. You know, when he makes a decision, I will talk about it. But until then, yeah. Lastly, before we go, man, um, the NBA. Of course, All-Star Game is coming up, and they released their starters for each team, uh, for the Team LeBron and Team Giannis. Uh, now, of course, I do like I do like the change in format as from what – this probably not. We know about the media and or the media, if you don't know, they'll say something is, is live at the moment, but it's really not. Um they're saying that they're going to pick the teams on the court before they play, like literally before the game, kind of like a ultimate pickup. And if that is the case, which I, I, I don't know, but if that is the case, I think that's really cool. Um, and I would love to, I, I, I love that situation. I love that scenario. It's, it's, it's the, I talked about that maybe a year or two ago that I think that's what they should do. So I, I love it. But the all-star game, Starters were announced for the Eastern Conference. Uh, and of course, this is this, the pool that will be getting drafted first. And, you know, the Eastern Conference was Kyrie Irving, uh, Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Donovan Mitchell. And for the West, it was Steph Curry, LeBron James, Luka Doncic, uh, Nikola Jokic and Zion Williamson. Here's the thing. I don't have any problems with the people that they named being all-stars. I don't have a problem with, of course, Steph or Jane or Jason Tatum or whatever. But the the problem that I have is it doesn't say Steph Curry is a five-time all-star starter. Or LeBron James is a 19-time All-Star starter. It says that they're an All-Star. And while that shouldn't matter, it does to people. You know, like, there's a difference between being a starter and being a, a reserve. I mean, that's the same thing with regular basketball. 
Here's the thing, man. Kevin Durant, when playing, has been one of the best players in the league. Zion Williamson, when playing, has been great. But I don't think that... I know Kevin Durant ain't played the All-Star game the last two years. This will probably be year three. I don't think you should be able to play, or not play, I don't think you should be able to be named a starter if you're not playing or if you've missed X amount of games. Zion Williamson, I think, has only played like 10, 15 games. And when you have... Kevin Durant as a starter, and he's not going to play, but you, you don't have Joel Embiid as a starter. Or when you have Zion Williamson as a starter, but you don't have someone like Sabonis, someone like Laurie Marketing, someone like, I mean, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, someone like John Morant, That's that to me, something doesn't fit there. Something doesn't work there. I understand that they took the center off out of the all-star game, which I think they should put back in. But it's just, I don't think that's fair. I mean, I don't think that's fair or right that somebody is missing an opportunity for another player. While, yes, Kevin Durant is great and played great when he was playing, he's missed a lot of time and won't even play in the all-star game. And, and Zion Williamson has missed a lot of time and probably won't play in the all-star game. Maybe. I don't know about Zion. But I know Kevin Durant definitely is not playing. So it's like, why not give that position to somebody that's playing currently? I, I know that, of course, they will uh, probably bump up Joel Embiid. But it's, it's you know what I'm saying? It's not the initial, like, yo, come on. Oh, that's all I'm saying, man. That's all I'm saying. I understand it's a voting thing. It's the fan vote, the players vote, and, and the media vote. But when you, you see somebody's not playing, Kevin Durant still can be named an all-star. I don't think that injuries, especially if they've been playing good throughout the year, I don't think injuries should knock them from being an all-star in general. I do think that injuries should at least knock you from being a starter. That's all I'm saying. You know, one day I vowed to go to an NBA uh, All-Star Weekend. I know I'm very low level. It is what it is. But I'm definitely going to an All-Star Weekend one of these times. I promise you. Um, And there you have it, man. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I truly, truly appreciate you guys. Um, If you want a popular podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve joggers, the link is in the description below. I have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. Get your unpopular podcast merch today. Also, please subscribe to every listening. Please subscribe to every watching. It definitely means a lot to me. I'm trying to I see that the YouTube page is is close. I think about like 20, 20 subscribers away from 400. So if you can tell a friend to tell a friend, I'm trying I'm trying to grow, and I, I do appreciate you guys. So, yeah, I can't do it without you guys' help. Yeah, we're we're hella close to 400 subscribers, man, and that would be huge. So, help if you can. Uh, and until next time, much love. Just the
Keep going. 